The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. Anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio. We use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. Sons of Liberty <coughs> Radio.com, excuse me, and Sons of Liberty Media.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to Sons of Liberty Media.com. Scroll down, right side of the page, we'll be streaming live in this area right here. Um, second video down, and uh, just click on that, blow it up on whatever device you have, and then also there's a icon there for the platform that that video is coming from. Click on that. Join us in the chat. We always have lots of friends there in the morning. Always good to have them there and see them there and have their support. And then right above where we're streaming is Bradley's show from the previous day. Just click on that. That will be playable up until 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. And at that time, he will be live. So just look for him live. If you haven't heard Bradley, 
I encourage you to do that 3 p.m. Eastern. Check him out. Right above that is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Remember, we don't rent your email, sell it, or spam it. Get one email from us a day in the evening, and uh, that includes the morning show archive. So everything we're going to talk about this morning will be in there in video format in the podcast and any of the articles, things like that, that we'll make mention and links, they'll be in there as all, also. Finally, if you would like to help us out, we never ask you for money. We just tell you, hey, we have needs, and those needs cost money. Unfortunately, that's the, the way it is. If you'd like to help us in that and you agree with our message, there's a donate button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that and make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. That is available as well. Our store is also available. And uh, click on that, and you can check out the products we have there that are great conversation starters to help you in the sphere of influence that the Lord has put you in, in the, ba- in the place where you're in battle. And so uh, they're great places to educate people. Um, <clears throat> uses for that are T-shirts, our hats, the toboggans for all you people up north, <laughs> and um, some of the other equipping tools, books, and DVDs as well. Now, joining me this morning, a special guest that we have, we had him on the show before, is a Pastor Artur Pavlovsky, and I hope I said that correctly. Last time I really butchered the thing, and I apologize for that. But it's my privilege to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, uh, Pastor Artur. Good to see you again, man. Thank you so much for having me in. And um, don't worry, I have been called worse. <laughs> you're, you're okay. <laughs> you're fine. Well, I'm, I'm a Southern boy, so I pronounce it the way I was taught in grade school. And uh, when I did it the first time we had you on, I'm not laying hands on you, but my, my camera is going out of focus there. Uh, somebody said, it's Polish. That W is V. So I, I had to pronounce that a little bit. And I still have some, some issues there with the, uh, with the camera going. Okay, there we go. All right. Well, look, you had, you know, the last time we talked to you, uh, at least in the morning show, I think you talked with Bradley in the afternoon. And the last time we talked to you was right after you had had that big thing that blew up all over the world. Uh, where you drove the Nazis out of the church, uh, or the building where the church meets, let me put it that way. And when you did that, uh, you really encouraged people uh, around the world. You really did. And then you had another incident some weeks later, and some of, I guess they're your other elders in the church uh, uh, who had stood out there, and they had done the same thing. You had taught your men well to take a stand against the tyranny. And then we saw you and your brother pulled over, pulled out on the street like a bunch of common criminals, put on your knees, and arrested by, I don't know how many police officers were there. There was at least a dozen, it looked like, several cars. And since then, you've had a major victory. And so do you want to kind of recap anything that I may have missed before we lead up to this good news that you have to bring us today? Yeah, so my my ordeal with authorities if you will in my beloved canada started uh, early on actually i am fighting the totalitarian regime since 2005 believe it or not we established a ministry street church you can check it out streetchurch.ca and it's a church on the streets for the people that uh, for whatever reason don't want to come to the church they can't come to the church they want or they're kicked out People that are living under the bridges, in the bushes, uh, half of them mentally ill, on drugs, alcohol, violence, whatever. We establish a church for them. We went to them just like Jesus came uh, to us. And uh, behold, uh, we took 600 people off the streets within the first three months. We established halfway housing and feeding the poor and preaching the gospel, testimonies, music. It was so successful that the government took notice. 
and the media took notice. And uh, and the next thing I uh, I saw was the bylaw officers and the police telling me that everything we're doing is actually illegal. And they showed me some bylaws. Of course, the bylaws that are contrary to the Criminal Code of Canada and our Constitution, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, where uh, in a preamble it says, whereas Canada acknowledges the supremacy of God and the rule of law. And they said, uh, this assembly is illegal, preaching the gospel is illegal, uh, feeding the poor is illegal, the whole thing is illegal, baptizing people is illegal uh, because we are endangering their lives. Believe it or not, I had, I had divers coming and firefighters coming uh, because they thought we are drowning people in a river. So a gong show for a number of years, 2006, I became a first Canadian to be arrested, handcuffed by seven police officers for reading the Bible in public. That, uh, I learned, was illegal as well. So this fight, this communism, fascism, socialistic takeover has been going on for a while. Fast forward 10 years, I win all the cases. I got my freedom back, over 100 court cases, about 300 tickets, dozen arrests. Eventually, 2015, I win at a great cost, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I remortgaged my house seven times. I lost my charitable tax status. I've lost my friends. I've lost my supporters. From 250 volunteers, I end up with uh, a handful. It was a, a crazy, crazy fight. But we won because our God is bigger than the villains. Amen. Like I say all the time, lions do not bow before the hyenas. We eat them for breakfast. So we won that. And they left me be for a number of years until the COVID came, uh, you know, the, the, the pandemic, the invisible enemy that they're using to subdue, to enslave the people. And they sent me a letter telling me I have to stop feeding the poor. I disagreed. If we're truly in the middle of the greatest pandemic ever, we are needed more than uh, than ever. And you're shutting down shelters. Those people, we are talking about fifteen to 20,000 homeless people on the streets of Calgary. Well, um, if I don't feed them, they're going to whack your head or your grandma's head. They're going to break into the houses, the garages, the cars. Uh, we are needed more than ever. The government disagreed. I appealed it to the premier. Our premier is like your governor. He didn't care. The ministers didn't care. They told me, shut down. I refused. I became, again, the first Canadian to get the COVID ticket this time. 12 officers, my parishioner was shoved, assaulted. I end up with $1,200 ticket with a threat of arrest and a million dollar tickets. Fast forward, they were harassing us for a year, literally a year of non-stop intimidation, harassment, police at every church service, bylaw officers, health inspectors, a gong show, craziness. My record in 2020 was over 100 police officers, 52 police cars, 20 cops on bicycle, anti-terrorists and the chief of police at our church service. So it, it, total insanity. Then they started to come to our church building. I pastored two organizations. One is the church on the streets. And then there is a regular church in the building where I teach theology and history. They started to show up at our church over there. First, they blocked the sidewalk. 
uh, they blocked the entry uh, to our the parking lot to our facility, intimidating, harassing people. Then they changed their tactics and they took pictures for, uh, of our women and children with the telescopic cameras, just like the Soviets would do, just like the Gestapo KGB would do, intimidating people by taking their pictures and children and women. And that's why I started to call them Gestapo. I started to call them communist psychopaths. I mean, they are using identical tactics that we have seen growing up under the boots of the Soviets behind the Iron Curtain. As you can tell, I'm a Polish immigrant. Fast forward, April comes. That's our holiest time of the year. That's the crucifixion and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's Passover celebration. And we have been preparing a month for that. It's a Lord's Supper. It's it's a big deal. And then you got to remember, I trespassed them. They were not allowed to enter our facility. They were not allowed to interfere. The criminal code of Canada, we're talking about law, because they always use, you got to obey the law. No, mandates and restrictions or regulations or recommendations are not laws. I'm talking about the law of the land. I'm talking about the Criminal Code of Canada and the Constitution. In the Criminal Code of Canada, Section 176, 1, 2, and 3, it states you're not allowed to interfere with a clergyman while he's conducting his duty or he's on his way or coming from conducting his duty as a clergyman. You are not to interfere with a gathering for the purpose of worship uh, or spirituality. That's the law. If you do this, it's two years maximum, uh, two years prison. And then behold, the law is out the window. They don't care. The mask bandits, the Gestapo, walks into the church right at the beginning. I mean, uh, the, the, the choir was preparing and the prayer warriors were praying and we were waiting for the people to come in. They just walk in. And I was surprised. I have to tell you that I was shocked. I didn't expect them to openly like this break the law in the name of the law. So I kicked them out, as you remember. That was April of 2021. And behold, I recorded it because I know that if you don't record what they do, they will lie. They have no problem to break the law. They have no problem to lie. Absolutely. That's there right. is no problem for them to make stuff up against you. So I, it's a natural thing when I have interactions with them, I'll just grab the phone and I'll record it. So that's exactly what I did. And it took me over 30 times to kick them out. Finally, they leave. They come back with a warrant from a crooked judge, David Gates. He gave them um, a carte blanche. They can do whatever they want to me. They can arrest me using any force deemed necessary anywhere within the city of Calgary. They can enter the church anytime they want with whomever they want anytime or <clears throat> any day of the week. So they showed up with anti-terrorists. Can you believe it? To a peaceful assembly, they show up with anti-terrorists, we kick them out, they showed up again, we kick them out. So they went to the boss of judges, the associate chief justice, John Rook, another crook. And this guy is giving them even more power because he says, hey, you can arrest anyone that interferes with you, children, men, women, it doesn't matter. Arrest them all. Four and a half million Albertans have been subjected ex parte 
without our knowledge, without our involvement, our lawyers couldn't challenge the validity of this order. No, total lawlessness. The crooks and the political activists stepped in, and this judge, wannabe tyrant, political activist John Rook, has given them um, a, a, a blank page. Do what as you as you as you please. So they showed up with that, dropped it on the ground. They didn't give it to me. They didn't send it to me. They didn't send it to our lawyers. We have four. No, they dropped on the ground. They left. And then people went home. I went home. I started to drive home. It was me, my brother, David, and a friend of ours. We were stopped in the middle of the highway, arrested based on breaching the court order that was never given to us, was never read to us. It was never sent to our lawyers electronically or any other way. That was done ex parte without our knowledge, without our involvement. And somehow I am arrested for breaching that court order. Ultimately, I'm charged, and listen to this, inciting people to come to church, participating in illegal gathering, church, officiating a church service. Three charges, end up three days with my brother David in prison, stripped naked, chains to the to the legs, a shaft, assaulted, um, deprived of sleep for three days, two nights, appeared before the court. The judge released us um, based on uh, upcoming trial. That's where I decided we don't stand a chance with those crooks. I have to go to the United States and tell my story. Maybe if I will warn Americans, if I will tell them what's happening behind the Iron Curtain, because you got to remember, we don't have Canada a- a- anymore. We have China. That we are, in fact, living right now behind the Iron Curtain. So I decided to come to the States and say, hey, this is what is happening at the, you know, on the other side of the border. You, got, you better wake up because that's what's coming your way. If we lose Canada, you're next. Uh, Chinese are going to move into Canada, which they already did. They're being trained on Canadian soil. That's your biggest threat. And you better wake up or else. So I was intending to be there for two weeks. The reception was so incredible and the meetings and the invitations started to pour. I end up in the United States for four months. Amen. Came back, got arrested again on uh, upon my arrival, which they lied to our lawyers. We asked if there is any pending warrants. They said no. I uh, boarded the plane, arrived. The plane was diverted to a different secluded place, place where the supporters couldn't record. And uh, three border patrols came, arrested me, and took me to the customs building. And behold, that's where the gangsters, the Gestapo, the mafia, Canadian mafia, the Calgary police officers were waiting, hiding in ambush like predators. Their vehicles parked behind so no one could see them. I was arrested. And this time I was charged criminally for my crime, not wearing a muzzle and officiating a church service in June, just before I left for United States of America. In the meantime, this crooked judge, Adam Germain, which was MLA for a Liberal Party of Canada and then wanted to be a member of parliament but was not elected, was appointed by a Liberal Prime Minister, Chrétien, to become a judge. So this guy is a political activist. He looks at this and he finds an opportunity to punish clergymen, to punish Christians, because he hates Christians and what we stand for. And believe it or not, he has found us guilty, guilty on breaching a court order 
that was done ex parte and was never given to me personally or to my brother David, was never read to me or given to our lawyers. Unbelievable, unbelievable, uh, uh, illegal um, lawlessness coming from this judge. So when he was pronouncing the sentence, he, for 45 minutes, he was ranting about how dangerous, and that's, I'm quoting, that I am extremely dangerous individual, extremely dangerous, according to him. I feed thousands of people. I save lives for 22 years on the streets of Calgary. I am extremely dangerous individual. And he was ranting about how dare I go to the United States and talk to the governors and congressmen and be on Fox News and all those different things. And he's talking like this. He's disgusted that how come... Uh, you know, I dared to go to the States and tell my story. And then he says, um, which he's disgusted with, how popular I was in the United States of America. He, he doesn't understand. To prevent that, which was, of course, not the merits of the case, that was not why he was asked to be the judge uh, presiding over this. No, to prevent me from telling my story, he gives us, me, my brother David, and another guy, Chris Scott, he gives us a house arrest in the province of Alberta. So he says, to prevent Art Pulaski from going again and telling the people what's really happening in Canada, I am forbidding you to travel for 18 months. House arrest in the province of Alberta. Then, to prevent me from telling you what's going on, even on Zoom calls or Facebook page or any other social networks, YouTube channels, uh, in the church, during rallies, protests, or just talking with people in general on the streets. He has given me compelled speech order. This has never been done in the history of Canada that an individual would get a compelled speech like this. About 100 years ago, a premier attempted to put that compelled speech on the media but he failed. It was re uh, appealed and uh, the Supreme Court of Canada struck it down. So we have become in 100 years uh, in Canadians that were ordered to give a party line. And I remember I called them the Nazis, the Gestapo, the KGB, the communists, the socialists, because I grew up behind the Iron Curtain and I've seen their buddies, their friends doing exactly that. And this judge just proved my case. He just proved that what I was saying from the very beginning was the truth, in fact, because he's using identical tactics like Mao Zedong when he took over China. He uh, forced the people to wear placards with the party line. And that's exactly what this judge commanded us to do. You're not allowed to talk about the jobs. You're not allowed to talk about this. If you will, you have to give our side of the story. In fact, he hired us by force to be CBC and CNN reporters, the liars. And uh, he wanted us to become the liars uh, for the government propaganda. Also, to punish us personally, he has ordered us to pay like over $70,000 between the three of us, about $50,000 for me and my brother David in costs and penalties for a horrible crime of opening a church and officiating a church service. So this guy 
is telling us we have to give almost $50,000, take from the poorest people on earth, from the poorest of the poor, take it from the ministry that feeds the poor and houses those that no one else wants, take it from them and give it to the Nazi party of Canada, the AHS, the Alberta Health Services and the Armenians. So we had to write a check almost for $50,000 to pay to the Nazi party. Also, which is a shocker as well, he says he doesn't acknowledge that what we do is community service. So we're feeding thousands of people for the past 22 years. Uh, we are saving lives. We have halfway housing. We uh, help families with children, those that lost jobs. We counsel people. And according to this crooked judge, that's not community service. Therefore, we have to do 120 hours of community service outside of our ministry. But there is a problem because we cannot do 120 hours in the organization that they do not approve. It has to be approved by the Nazi Party of Canada. So I called over a dozen organizations to fulfill this requirement so I would not have to go back to prison. My brother David called many of them. And behold, every organization that they want, that they will approve, or they want to approve, it requires us to be jobbed, double jobbed. Can you imagine? So right now, he has set us for failure. And we are trying to find an organization to fulfill the requirements until the appeal, proper appeal, can be heard, which is going to be in June 2022. But we can't find an organization that is approved by the Nazi Party of Canada. And we have found other organizations, and we served our 10 hours per month. That's the requirement. However, they disapproved. They said, no, we are not approving you 10 hours because we do not approve this organization. Therefore, we are facing a prison every moment, every minute the police can come and arrest us again for the breach of the court order that it's now impossible for us to fulfill. So that's the level of corruption that we are facing in Canada. Wow, I just... I'm, you know, I'm, I, if it wasn't that I was blown away bef- before, and especially, I, you know, I sat here and just shook my head and seeing the video of you and your brother arrested, and good for you for continuing to call them out and making them actually carry you instead of just going along with them. But is there nobody that you can appeal to higher than that, than these little, you know, uh, area tyrants that are doing these things that are completely lawless? And, and then let me ask you this, too. Do the people have a say in that like they do in, in America where they can actually uh, look to impeach those judges and remove them from office? You see, that's the problem. We don't. Okay. We've lost our nation. There is zero, and I mean zero accountability for the judges, zero accountability for the media that are constantly lying to the public, zero accountability for the doctors and the nurses that are right now murdering people. And I'm not exaggerating. They are murdering people right now. Um, there is zero accountability for the politicians. They can do whatever they want. They are. They have been caught, as you remember. The, so, so, so look at this. Look, look what is happening in Canada. Because if you don't wake up, and I know many Americans are awake, 
this is what you're going to be facing. Jason Kenney, which is our governor, the premier of Alberta, Jason Kenney, throws a party, private party for himself and his Minister of Environment, Jason Nixon, Minister of Finance, uh, Travis Steves, Minister of um, Health, believe it or not, the, 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 the very guy that sent those Nazi Gestapo AHS on us, the lady that walked, this Nazi lady in a jack boots, the very lady that he sent on us, the God, the boss, her boss, Chandra Taylor, Tyler Chandra, the Minister of Health at that time, they had a party. Can you imagine? They throw a party, whiskey on the table, no social distancing, not wearing a muzzle, just having a good time, breaking the same court order of this uh, chief associate, um, John Rook, the same order that we were arrested and found guilty and had to go through all this craziness and give $50,000 to the Nazi party, all those different things. They break the same order, identical. They break it. They are caught breaking it because they thought they did it in a sky palace. You can Google it up, a sky palace, um, you know, controversy or whatever. And uh, they thought no one will see them because they're on the top of the sky palace. But someone used a drone or a telescopic camera and actually took pictures of them partying, breaking the same rules. The next day or a couple of days later, the premier of Alberta comes and says, well, I apologize. We were caught. Sorry. Um, yeah, I take full responsibility, blah, 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 blah. And nothing happens. While we are still in prison, we're still fighting the Nazis. He breaks the same rules, but there are zero. There you go. Zero consequences. So the premier is the guy um, on the bottom and then there is a minister of finance and the minister of environment. You look how close they're sitting. Of course, that was illegal at that time. They breached the court order that they asked the judge to implement and to come with the same order that we were charged with and found guilty. So they breached the same thing, except there is zero consequences for them. They can do whatever they want because, you see, they're gods and you're slaves. That's how communism fascism, socialism works. Fast forward. We have uh, sent the documents for the appeal court. So we are appealing the decision. And one judge, finally, a higher judge from the court of appeal, looks at this and says, like, this is insane. If, If they can do this to this guy, no one is safe. Because you got to remember, If we are found guilty and we have received the compelled speech as individuals, they can do that to the reporters. They can do that to the politicians. That's right. They can do that to the clergymen. They can do that to anyone they wish. So now a lot of people are scared, including uh, the politicians, including the judges and other people, because this insane psychopath this political activist, Adam Germain, the wannabe judge, he has make a precedence. And in our system works on precedences. So when one guy did it, another one can do it as well. And the judge looked at this and said, no, I'm putting a stay of this court order. If it comes to the compelled speech and the prohibition of uh, travel, until the proper court, court of appeal, can hear this case 
in June 2022. So I have been with my brother David and Chris Scott. We have been freed from that portion of this crazy guy's order. We filed a petition, firethejudge.com, firethejudge.com. And uh, we served almost 30,000 signatures to a system that should make those people accountable. However, nothing has been done. He's still a judge. He's still a crooked judge that doesn't follow the law. Uh, He still is on a bench. So that's a scary stuff that you have such a crooks uh, pretending to be judges. Another interesting fact about this whole thing is that I have been approached. The story went international again. Uh, that Canada went crazy, uh, Soviet style, North Korea style, Chinese style. Um, it, it was covered widely and people started to contact me. So what are we going to do? Our elections are rigged. In Canada, we don't have free election. We don't have democracy anymore. You have to understand that every election right now in Canada is rigged. They're using the Dominion machines. Like they, they are here. We have proof right now. We have proof in our hands that they cheated twice. We have that proof, but the judges will not take the case. We filed another court case after the latest um, fiasco of of an election, which uh, was rigged as well. So people are coming to me and they say, well, we don't stand a chance. We cannot look at another party because even if this party will have 10 million people, um, it's going to be rigged anyway. We don't stand a chance. So what are we to do? We have big marches, rallies, sometimes 6,000 people, 7,000 people show up here, but that's not enough. And I was battling within myself. So I finally I finally spoke at the church. Um, and by the way, if you're in Calgary area, you, you, you're welcome to come and join the movement. And I talked about my childhood. I talked to the people about solidarity movement. I talked about what I saw growing up where the people finally came together as one voice and they formed a trade union called Solidarity Movement. And they decided that they're going to create a society outside of the corrupted society, that they will work with each other. They will not collaborate with the Nazis, the Soviets. They're not going to support them. They will work outside of the system. And when I shared that, the whole church list erupted and they stood up and gave me a standing ovation. I said, like, wow, this is, I didn't expect that kind of a reaction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then, then I was invited to a big rally in another city and I shared that with the people over there as well and the same reaction. So I said to myself, okay, I guess I, guess I have no option anymore. I have to start a movement Uh, based on solidarity movement in Poland uh, for the people, by the people, uh, with the people, a grassroots movement, a populist movement, where we can start working with each other. When you want to buy chickens, don't go to the megastore that is implementing segregation, uh, breaks the law, and um, uh, uh, enforces mandates that are illegal, don't support them, support your farmers outside, buy a chicken, your your pigs or whatever you're buying, buy from the people that have been subjected to tyranny. Start working with each other, start blessing each other, start swapping things outside of the corrupted system. And that way, you're weakening the beast that wants to destroy you and you're strengthening those that are for liberty. Amen. And 
I decided to uh, copy paste because we got to remember what the villains are doing right now, what those bullies, those tyrants are doing right now. They're copy paste the communist manifest. They're just using the tactics of the Stalin. They're using the tactics of Mao Zedong or Hitler. They're just using the same thing that worked before to enslave the people, the propaganda of Joseph Goebbels. Uh, We are seeing the repetition of history. And I said to the people, hey, if it works for the villains, it will work for the good guys. Why reinvented the wheel? If they're using the same tactics that worked for them before, we're going to use the same tactics that worked for us before. Solidarity movement is a grassroots uh, movement for the people outside of the corrupted system. So I announced that, and it was about six, 7,000 people, and they went nuts as well. So it showed me that this is the way to go. We got to create our own political force. We got to create our own movement totally outside of the corrupted movement. So I call it solidaritymovementofcanada.com. If you would like to participate, sign up, because the more numbers the enemy will see growing, the more scared they will be and more effective we will start to be. Right now, we don't have any teeth. I understand. We don't have any tangible power. But as the movement will grow, for example, in 1980, behind the Iron Curtain, Polish people formed Solidarity Movement, and within a year, it grew to one million members. The government got so scared that outlawed Solidarity Movement in Poland, so it grew to three million people. Can can you believe it? When the enemy is pushing so hard, God also, with his people, will push even harder. So when it became an outlaw organization, it grew to 3 million. Then the people took it to the streets in strikes. They paralyzed the communistic system. They refused to cooperate and work for them. They took it to the streets. The enemy declared martial law, locked the people inside. People endured that, and it grew to 10 million members. Wow. Three times more than the ruling party. You know, when we achieve something like this, you know what happens? We just take over. That's it. We just take over. And that's exactly what happened in 1989. What happened, they grew to such a big amount that the Berlin Wall fell down, Iron Curtain got broken, and Polish people had their first free and democratic election since the Soviets took over Poland in 1945. Poland became free nation, again, that upholds the constitution, has free elections. We can do this, but we got to grow in numbers. The problem we're facing right now, we have many organizations, and they're doing amazing jobs. However, they're fractions. They're here, they're here, they're there, and, and many people do not know what is really going on. We have to create an organization, an umbrella on the organization, when we start connect all the people together under one big umbrella. So it's growing. We have about 5,000 members uh, within a week and a half. Uh, so it's growing. It's getting stronger and stronger. We are doing our first first protest rally under this umbrella in a few days. And I think it's going to keep growing. The enemy is already terrified. And we don't have a million members yet. We have 5,000. But enemy is already talking about us, uh, about, the, about this movement. The Antifa is freaking out. Um, the politicians, they are starting to notice that that if people will unite 
And that's my message. Solidarity movement was all about us versus them because they are the villains. They are the tyrants. They are the bullies. The bullies are like a cancer. You cannot work with the cancer. You cannot plead with the cancer. You have to cut the cancer out. And that's what solidarity movement did in Poland. They cut it out. They formed their own government eventually. So it's a movement outside of the corrupted system. If we do this the right way, just like the Polish people did it in the 80s, I believe truly that we can take back what rightfully belongs to us, our beloved Canada. I hope that this movement will spread in the United States of America as well, because solidarity is not a man. Solidarity is not even few leaders. Solidarity is a movement. It's a symbol. What people need right now, I believe this with all my heart, they need symbols. They need hope. They need something bigger than an individual. Um, uh, look at what happened with Donald Trump. Donald, Donald Trump become, became an icon for the American people, a person that is going to fix their country. However, the enemy removed that icon, destroyed. I mean, she's not destroyed, but removed him, at least hammered him very heavily um, for time being. So they were hoping, and they are hoping that by removal of an individual, they're going to be able to continue their tyranny. But you cannot eliminate a symbol. In Poland, solidarity uh, solidarity write-ups were on the walls, on the sidewalks, on people's windows. They were printing it. They were painting it. It was all over the country, the symbol, the flags, the solidarity movement. If we can copy this, if we can understand that this symbol is a lot bigger than an individual, that this movement can actually take back our nations, I think we can do it. Yeah, and I, you know, I've seen that. We have uh, Kate Shimerani on every Saturday from the UK, and she's been leading a lot of these uh, protests and things. Well, I don't want to say leading, but a lot of people think of her as a face to some of that. She led the big thing out in Trafalgar Square last year. She's, uh, they're trying to take her into court. They're trying to throw her in jail over, over, over just speaking, you know, tens of thousands of people. They're, they're wanting to, just like you, they're wanting to do that. And, you know, well, some of the things, you know, that we point out is, look, there are, we have been so divided in America, and I'm sure it's that way in Canada, you know, D Democrat and Republican. Well, wait a minute. We don't have a Democrat uh, uh, constitution. We don't have a Republican constitution. We got, we got the U.S. constitution. It's one. We're supposed to be one under that. We're supposed to agree to that, that that's what we're, we're going to do. We can't get even the representatives to follow that, and they're playing the two parties off of each other. I think a lot of what goes on in D.C. is probably the same thing that goes on there in Canada is they play a WWE match. They give you a little theater and they continue to break the law. They continue to violate it all over the place. And some people say, well, how can you join? How can you join with this person over here? Well, they have a whole different worldview than you. How can you join? Well, everybody can recognize what tyranny is. They're made in the image of God. They can see that. And so just because we're fighting a common enemy there doesn't mean I have to agree with everything this guy over here says because our God tells us that we're to not accept the tyranny. We're to expose it. We're to rebel against it. We're to say, you know, you take that up with God. As, as for us, we're going to obey God, you know, just like Peter and John. And so a lot of people don't get that. They've had, at least here in America, I know, they've got a wimpy-ish, syrupy, you know, effeminate kind of Christianity 
that just says, we'll just have peace, which the Bible tells us we should have peace with those as much as it is possible with us. But there comes a time where there's going to be war, too, because you can't make peace with a tyrant. You just can't do it. So I think you're right. right. That's exactly right. That's why what we need is a symbolism. We need something bigger than a person. Because, you see, um, people will disagree with you. People will disagree with me. Some will not like what I say. Some will. Some, uh, some people will say, I'm not a Christian, therefore I'm not going to join that movement. You see, that movement is a lot bigger than an individual, is uh, a notion of liberty. If you stand for liberty, for me to be a Christian and for you to not be a Christian, that's your choice. Uh, God has left us that freedom to choose him or to reject him. I will march with you. I will march with anyone that wants me to be a free man because I want to be free to preach my gospel, Amen. Jesus Christ, and uh, the truth of the Bible. And uh, he has a right to say, no, I'm not interested. That's fine. You want to continue. The Bible says, let the wicked continue in their wickedness, but let the righteous continue in the righteousness. That's right. right now, the righteous cannot continue in the righteousness because the totalitarian devils, the wicked, evil Bidens, Obamas, Clintons, Trudeaus, and Kennys are prohibiting us from being righteous. They don't want us to be righteous. They, they want us to be wicked just like they are. So if you're willing to march with me, I'm willing to march with you. We have the same goal if it comes to liberty. But how we unite people, we can't really unite them under one person. We have to start uniting them under one umbrella, a symbolic umbrella. And I said to the people, listen, no one can claim solidarity movement. It's it's a, it's a lot bigger than a person. It's a lot bigger than like Valenza. It's a historical fact. It's a historical movement. Instead of reinventing another thing, a wheel or uh, bringing another name, let's just Let's just bring what worked before. It, it worked before, just like those villains are copy-paste, are repeating the same thing that those villains of all, the Hitlers, the Gestapo, the Nazi KGB, all those people are were doing before, they're doing the same thing to us. Let's do the same thing to them. Let's form a union of people, by the people, for the people, you know, an organization that is a lot bigger than an individual. And I believe that if we do this the right way, if we will forget about the 10,000 things, at least for this movement, those things that divide us, uh, if we focus on the, on the one word that unites us, liberty, freedom, I think we can do this. So go and join the movement, Solidarity Movement of Canada, I am planning to bring this movement to United States. I'm looking for someone that would carry the torch there in the United States of America. I truly believe we can do this. We're going to have chapters all over our country, every province, territory. Imagine, imagine a populist grassroots movement based on something that was victorious before. You see, people right now, they need hope. They need they need light in the tunnel. They have been subjected to tyranny for two years now, and it looks like it's not stopping. They're not stopped. Those people will not stop until they steal everything away from you. They said it. I mean, they're not even hiding their agenda. They want to murder six and a half billion people. 
They said it plainly, openly, and they're going to use jobs. They said that plainly and openly. I don't understand why people are not getting it. Also, they said you will own nothing and you will be happy. They're telling you they're not just after you uh, physically, they're after your property, they're after your jobs, they're after your bank accounts, they're after your houses. If you don't see that, well, maybe you are on the ra- on the wrong side of the fence, or you're playing stupid. I mean, I, I don't have any other word for that. If you don't see what they're doing while they're telling you openly what they're doing, then you're completely brainwashed, and there is no hope for you unless God uh, takes that veil away from you. Amen. For the rest of us. When we see what's going on, we have to be smarter. We have to be more vigilant. We have to um, submit. We have to come under a bigger umbrella than us. Something a lot bigger than my movement here or your movement there or that rally or that protest or that city. Under something that resonates around the world with the hearts of people, the value, freedom, and liberty. Solidarity movement brought freedom to Europe. And that's a historical fact. Solidarity movement broke down the Berlin Wall, broke the Iron Curtain. They brought the biggest empire on earth to their knees. If they did it and they succeeded, we can do it and we will also succeed. Amen. And, and, you know, there is hope. And for Christians, you know, we talked about this last time you were on. For Christians, we have hope that there is a living king through the ages, and he's ruling and reigning from heaven, and his will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. We're to pray that. He's bringing it about. And how does he do that? Is he just zapping stuff, or is he using the means of us as people? And I think that's what you're getting at, is we lead the people towards liberty, we show them that it can be done. I think that opens up a tremendous opportunity, even more than, than we have now, then to preach the gospel and say, okay, you see what it is to be physically liberated. How would you like to be liberated spiritually from your sin? That thing that's got you enslaved that you say, oh, I'm a free man, but you're enslaved to your lust or you're enslaved to your theft or you're enslaved to your lies or whatever the case may be. I think it presents a great opportunity for doing that. A hundred percent right now, I'm telling you, I've never seen more hungry people for the gospel than right now. They're depressed, they're suicidal, they're leaderless. Their pastors, their rabbis, their priests have abandoned them. Uh, they left them to the wolves. They they run away and they sold them to the devil. And they're hirelings. They're hirelings. They, they, they're wicked, evil people, those uh, you know, uh, wannabe uh, clergymen. They're not real shepherds. They're hired guns, and they're traitors. They're Judas's Iscariots. So the people look at uh, them, and there's no hope there. They're looking at the, at the politicians. Politicians have betrayed them. They should be charged for treason. Every single one of them that is participating in this it should be charged for treason. Amen. Then they are looking at the mainstream media. I mean, every time they open their mouths, it's lie after lie after lie. Then they look at the educational system, the brainwashing of our youngsters. I mean, lie after lie after lie. So they are desperate. They don't know where to turn. That's the greatest opportunity for the church to shine. I have never seen a bigger hunger for the gospel than right now. I mean, our church is packed. I go to the rallies, people recognize me, they stop me, they want prayers, uh, they, 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 they want to just listen to someone that, that has the strength from, uh, strength from God um, to lead them. They're leaderless, they're like sheep without Amen. the shepherd. What we need right now is strong lions 
that will lead the biggest, the biggest pride of lions that this earth has ever seen. Yeah, you know, some people say, well, everybody's sheeple and this, that, and the other. And, and, and how are you supposed to get through to them? Well, my approach has been, I'm not necessarily looking for the sheep. I, if we can get a few lions in here, they can gather more lions. That's the way I look at it. And it sounds like what you're talking about there. And if you can get a few, they will lead the sheep. They, they will lead the sheepish ones along. They will teach them to be that. That's part of discipleship. Uh, I mean, it seems pretty simple to me, um, but that's that's where we ought to be going, and I, I think that's a good thing. Uh, again, we've talked about, you know, this solidarity, and I hear some people, and they say, well, you're just joining with this, that, and the other. Again, let's get—we can keep those distinctions, but let's keep our focus on if we don't deal with the tyrants, the tyrants are going to eat us, and we don't want that. So we want to go in the name of the Lord. We want to take that stand in liberty— and we want our fellow man to have that same liberty. And if we're not willing to to go and to stand with them in that in that way, we're gonna lo- we're, we are gonna lose it all. There's no question about that. Um, we got about two and a half minutes here, and I want to give you that opportunity for a final word of encouragement to the people. And I also want to ask you this because we're going to be at two minutes. <laughs> I also want to ask you this: Do you pray imprecatory uh, prayers there at all? What kind of prayers? Imprecatory prayers. Well, I don't know what that means. Uh, like uh, what the, the psalmist prays when he says, "God, you know, break their teeth in their mouth, or let them be caught in the in the trap that they set for me. Let them fall into the hole they dug for me." Well, yes, yes, I do, but I pray it this way: I said, "Father, let their own devices be used against their own. I confuse my enemies in the name of Jesus. They're digging pits. Let them." fall into their own devices. They're building gallows for us. Let them hang on their own devices. It's like I'm in it. You know, I don't wish them on them, but if they're doing this for us, well, um, of course, I don't want to hang on their gallow. If they're building a gallow for me, let them fall into their own devices. Just like the story of David and Goliath. I want you to remember that David used whatever was given to him. He had a smooth stone and he had the expertise how to use a slingshot. He used whatever God has given it to him. I am a Polish immigrant and I'm using now solidarity movement. That's the stone, the smooth stone that God has given me for such a time as this. But let me tell you something. The story didn't end it when God allowed David to sign that stone in the forehead of the giant. He runs to the giant and he uses the giant's own devices. We have to use the media. We have to use the courts. We have to use the political arena. We have to use the devices of the enemy against their own heads. So I want to encourage you, do not shy away from the social networks. Do not shy away from the board meetings, school board meetings, places that you can be the light. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Go out there and be the light and uh, sign up and there's something bigger than just a local chapter, a local movement, the enemy doesn't fear, uh, you know, a small groups of people, but they yeah. do recognize the fear when there is a big movement happening. That's why they hammered the Trump move- movement left and right, because yeah. they feared that this man was able to create such a crowd. Yep. Pastor Paul Vlasky, we appreciate your time. Hang on, and I'll say goodbye to you after we close out here. Guys, catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com, and also we'll see you in 6 a.m., Lord willing. Adios. Adios.